Well, this morning, it's part two. We need you to listen. I think if I had an opportunity to sit down with all the children and teenagers in our church, this would come up pretty quickly. Mom and Dad don't listen very well. Maybe they don't listen at all. I said last weekend, kids are talking. They just might not be talking to you. So they want us to listen, and this is a very convicting message, and I pray that God will speak truth to our lives. There's a great author. He's a great, passionate man of God. He's in his 60s. He's buff, unlike any 18, 22-year-olds I know. His name's Joe White. He just came to Hannah's campus about a month ago, and I heard Joe White for the first time at a Promise Keeper event, and I've read his stuff, and he is the founder of Canicut Camps for Athletes, an awesome man of God. He just came to her university to speak, but he he was writing a book, and he made this comment. Somebody had asked him about parenting, and he was talking about some stuff, and he says, I'm going to write about some failures as a dad, and you think, man, this is a world-class believer, and how many times has he failed? And he goes, oh, man, I failed plenty. And he, so he, uh, he writes down, and he says, uh, it was Brady. Brady was learning how to ride a bicycle, and he comes over to me one day, and uh, we were sitting there talking. I said, hey, Brady, can I come watch you ride the bicycle, son? I'd, I'd like to do that. Brady was about six years old or maybe a little younger, and he looked up at his dad, and he goes, uh, no, Dad, that's okay. I know you're busy. You know, you have all these summer camps and athletes. I know you're busy. It'd be okay. Joe walked off. And he thought, I'm busy in the summer. I'm busy fall, winter, and spring. My life's just too busy. Kind of nails you, doesn't it? Because after I got through the last service, I had people going, wow, man, the conviction. I'm talking about sold out believers and you ain't even sold out, man. You're going to get all stamped on this morning, so just hang in there. Okay? I'm going to love you. We're going to laugh too, okay? My intent's not to beat you up. My intent is to motivate you to become more. God's people said, but, you know, parenting is tough. We discussed that last weekend. We'll continue, man. It's a tall order, man. It's hard. Parenting's not for wimps, is it? Heck no, man. You just don't get sleep and everything else. And if I ask you a question, who's the most important people in your life? A lot of you would probably say this, family. That's the most important to me, okay? Good answer. Then I'd ask the second question, are you showing it? Mm -hmm. It's easy to verbalize it. It's easy to write about it in my book, but to show it? And the third question would be, well, then what are you going to do about it then? If you're not doing, what are you going to do about it? You know, first steps, first words. First time your little boy or little girl gets up at bat. First tooth. First lost tooth. First recital. First broken heart. <laughs> I thought we were going to get married. You want to go, are you an idiot? You're 13. Oh, I know, man. You're just so good. <laughs> and you want to go, grow up. Or something spiritual like that. And you just go, it'll be okay. I've been there. How about you? You you remember your first puppy love? I do. Remember her name. I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> thank God. Thank God I didn't marry her either. But you know, the first quickly moves on to the last. Last recital. Last ball game. 
last graduation, the last goodbye. And if you have good first, hopefully you can end up with some good last. So you determine to do things right with God's help. And maybe things will be a little different. And Jim Burns, Don and I met him in the early 80s. Jim is a phenomenal, he's written all kind of books. He's won lots of awards, golden medallions and stuff. He's uh, Dr. Jim Burns now. And uh, if you just Google Jim Burns, I think it's home. Jason, what is it? Homeward or home? Anyway, he's got this uh, website. You can go there. Great writer. And he made this comment. I want you to write this down. Listening is the language of love. It really is. When you and I tell somebody we love them, one way we can express that in a deep, profound manner is to listen to them and listen intently with our eyes and make eye contact. And when kids know that we're listening, it somehow gives them a sense that they are significant and meaningful because you choose to lock eyes with them. You're, you choose to keep the lines of communication going and things are helpful. Um, sometimes kids are broken. Sometimes adults are broken. We need help. Parenting is tough. But we either can restrict the parenting process or we can liberate it. And my prayer is that we'll become more is Christ followers. And maybe you're not a Christ follower today. Maybe you're just considering the claims of Christ. You're, you're saying, well, man, I'm, I'm a single. I'm a teenager. I ain't got any kids. Praise God. I'm not encouraging teenagers to have kids. But I'm saying this is principles that work in life. And there are also one day maybe you will be. So let's get into this. Three building blocks for a healthier friendship with your kids. And I think it'll speak to parents, to grandparents, to children, to youth. Let's try it. Number one, the atmosphere of the home. What's it like at your house? When you walk in your home, is there an atmosphere? Last weekend, somebody came to me, this, this couple's several people that were visiting from Columbus. I introduced them, I think, in this service. And, and I said, man, how was it? And they went, oh, amazing. And he used a word. He goes, I said, well, what? And he had a new guy with him. He'd come before. I said, what touched you about our church? He goes, the energy. From the time I turned onto the campus to the time I left, the energy is incredible. I choose to call that the anointing, the releasing of the spirit of the living God. Amen? And it's powerful. And when it's working in people and through people, people sense it that there's not something dead here. It's alive. So this atmosphere, it's like we, we like atmosphere. And let me tell you, I like to eat. And now we're, on, we're going on this fast, so it's going to kind of mess it up. But we're going to do the Daniel fast. And it's going to be good. But you know, us guys, let's just be honest. We'll go to a dadgum dive and get something to eat. I mean, it's just gnarly looking. It ain't nothing very clean about it. You don't even look at the health rating on the wall because you just get up and walk out. The Formica's kind of bad. Curtains are just, when they had some, they were bad. They got a John Deere 1976 calendar on the wall hanging up. And then to even make it worse, then they got a picture of Coach Bowden when he was at Auburn. I mean, man, it just, you know, the whole thing, man, it's just like, it ain't good. But the food is good. The atmosphere stinks, but the food's good. I'm going to give some of you guys a tip right now. You need to romance your wife, your girlfriend. If you got a wife, you don't have a girlfriend, okay? But you need to, you need to, I want to spell that out for some of you. But you romance them. And what do you do? You don't dare take your woman to that dive because that woman, listen, she's looking for ambiance. I love that word, ambiance. I always wanted to work that into a sermon. 
And she, and, and, I, and I did some Greek study on this word this week. I went to the root of the word. And here's what it says. Bring your gold card. Some of you got it. Some of you a little slow. Just nudge. Just, hey, man, bring your credit card. Spend the big bucks, Bubba. Do it right. Romance them. Ambience. Ambience is important. The atmosphere, spiritually atmosphere, we're, we're looking here. Is the atmosphere of our home, is it one of encouragement and support and love? Or is it one of just horrible memories and torment and pain and woundedness? God can restore all things. I found something interesting. If you look at the book of Malachi, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament right before the Gospel of Matthew starts. Something interesting, if you want to know about the Scriptures, God speaks, and He speaks through the prophets. In Malachi, He chooses to take a 400-year break. No voice of God, no prophets. 400 years, God goes mute. God goes silent. Y'all, I have a hard time if I don't hear from God daily. Some of you are like, well, you know, just if He talks to me once a week, that's kind of cool for me. How Can you imagine 400 years? you got generation after generation. They've not heard from God. And in the fourth chapter of Malachi, the very last thing God chooses to say is about parenting. Wow. You know what it tells me? God's big on this thing. Look at Deuteronomy. I think Jason preached a message about that. Look at uh, Malachi 4, 6. He, talking about God, will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. God wants to turn our hearts it's significant. God, God's trying to get our attention. There's a crisis in our, in our land. There's a crisis in, in Israel. And God's trying to speak to them. And He says, parents, I need your hearts. Turn them to me and then turn them toward your children. Hey, kids, listen, teenagers. Listen, children. Turn your hearts toward your parents. It's the last thing that God records in Malachi. Man, I, I, as, as I saw that, I'm just like, God, I think you're big on this. So we turn our house into a home. There's a big difference between having a house and having a home. A home is where love is. A home is where Christ dwells. Let's look at Proverbs 15, 17. It'll come up. It's a, from the message. This is a contemporary Greek idiom of the scriptures, but I like how he says it. Better a bread crust shared in love than a slab of prime rib served in hate. That's pretty good, isn't it? This guy really understands language. And you're like, well, I'll take the prime rib. No, no, no. You, you don't want a room that's full of chaos and disorder and dysfunction and hurt. And, and you, so you turn this house into a place that it's a place that the home is a place of peace. It's a place of security. It's a place that you invite the Holy Spirit to come into your home. You invite him to take over your lives and you, you invite him to create an atmosphere in that home. And you say, God, you will help me learn to be patient. God, you will fill me with joy. You would teach me to be self-controlled. Let the Holy Spirit flow. And then I think our homes need to be a place of laughter. A place that we laugh. I love it in this room when people cry, when they're brokenness, when they repent, when they receive, and when they laugh. Kids need to know that we like to play. I, I never will forget this. I was about 30 years old. Rachel's a little girl. I don't think Hannah was here yet because she came in our 30th year. And there was these two boys that lived across the street from us in our own neighborhood. And they were single-parent home. And they were awesome athletes. I, I would pray for them all the time and worry about it. I was worried they were going to get hit by cars. I mean, they were they just got in the car like, watch this. I'm going to dare that car. Like, hey, hey, Jeff. Greg, come here. One of them is the coach over at Jeff Davis today. Love these kids. And one day, I'd come home. I was back in the study. 
And I hear this. Donna takes off out of the kitchen. She runs to the door. Here's Jeff. Miss Donna, I would like to know if Keith can come out and play. I love it. Wanted to know if I could come out and play. Dude, I quit doing the study I was doing. Had my tennis shoes on. We were out playing ball, man. We were, we were, we were doing it, man. It was awesome. Now, I said it last service for the first time, and I'll say it again. It's very hard. I am now 50. <laughs> Decrepit. Okay? And I still like to play. And I want to play when I'm 75 and 80. But I choose the activities I play in. So, teenagers, I will do a lot with you. We can play basketball. Come on to my house and we'll play some Wii Baby. But let me tell you about this. I played football with y'all last year out there. I could not walk for three weeks. Matter of fact, there's a young guy on my staff here named Adam Brooks. He probably shouldn't be playing football. He broke his foot. But the Wii, it's fun. Let me tell you what we did during Christmas. We, Don and I gave it to each other uh, last anniversary for our 29th. We gave each other a Wii. I think we gave it to the kids, but we gave it to ourselves. And we had fun, and we laughed, and everybody has fun. So Mama, my, she's not in here. My, but I talked to her last. She's 72. She's over for Christmas like she does. We love Mama. We, we want you to play the Wii, Mama. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. Hannah, thank you for what you did. She goes, I'm going to make my grandma cool like she is. So she gives her this really cool, chic little Wii character. Mama's popping on the screen. So Mama, Mama, Hannah convinced her to come to the stage and play. Mama played. I'm sitting in a chair watching. Mama finishes one point under my all-time high, and I'm the all-time high record holder in bowling in my house. My 72-year-old mother-in-law. I'm like, the game's on, woman. No, I didn't. Somebody else played her next. Next game. She spanks everybody, blows it out. And in our house, we have a monument to her. She's the all-time bowler. Is that not cool? So we're like, I'm too old to play. Grow up, man. Dumb it down. Have fun. How many of you kids want your parents to play with you? Well, and the rest are like, no, just give me some money, man. I'll play myself. <laughs> Y'all are killing the illustration. Work with me here. Man, I'm old, man. Come on. Turkeys, I love you so much. Well, hey, play basketball, play pig, play. Hey, coach, we got Coach Davis and his kids back there. We got some all-star athlete kids that we're going to go watch in January. It's going to be awesome when we go watch AUM play. And you're saying, oh, my kids, they can't even dribble. They can't even walk and dribble at the same time. That's okay. You can't either. So y'all go down and play. Play cards, play Monopoly, play Mexican Dominoes, play weed, play something. Say, well, when I was little, we played with sticks and stones. We'll get some out in the yard and start playing. Whatever. It's like I walked to school backwards in the snow, seven miles. Like, oh, who makes up these stories? Jeremy, if you told me that, I'd believe you, son, because you you're from Canada. You're the only person I'd believe on that. But the rest of them, we just, if they lie, if they live in Alabama, they ain't never been that much snow. Okay, here you go. I want you to write this down. Write down, playing builds bridges. When we play together, it builds bridges to the hearts. Hey, you play dolls, you play hobby, you airplane. You do things together. I've already told it. I won't go into the full story, but I remember the time that I let my girls paint my toenails and put stuff in my hair when I had hair. No, it wasn't last week. And I was secure. And it was fun. And my girls still laugh about it. And I laugh about it. And I think we should have a night at Christ Community where young dads and their kids, they do that. And I'm going to come take pictures and blackmail every one of you. It'd be awesome. 
But playing, the second thing, playing builds respect. When you love a kid deeply enough to spend time and listen and play with them, then when you discipline them, they probably will obey you sooner and quicker and enjoy it in their heart. I read a cartoon in research of today's message. I wish I had it. I should have gotten the scanning in it, but I didn't. And it says this. It says, the boy goes up to, the, to his dad. He's got the bat hanging over his shoulder. And he says this. Dad, play with me or trade me. It's really funny, but it's sad when you think about it. Hey, Dad. Hey, Mom. Play with me. Take time. Second point is work on your approachability factor. Work on being approachable. You know, sometimes kids are just scared of us. You know, you know, kids would say, hey, listen to me. You know, can they talk to you about anything, about hurts and setbacks and disappointments and confusion and goals and dreams and crushed dreams and failed dreams and hopes and expectations? In Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. God has never been far from those that are humble and that will call on him for the power of heaven to fill their life. And God says, trust me here, yield to me, be my person, be quick to, to love and to support. I read a survey and it said only 40% of the girls feel that they can approach their dad. And this is the old survey, so I really believe if it was done in 2009, I think it would even be higher than that. Even in this room, it would be scary. Another survey said that kids, when they're in stress, they turn to music. They turn to their iPods. They turn to the waves to listen. They turned to their friends. On down the list, as I was reading, they turned to mom. She was number 32 on the list. They turned to mom. But hey, dads, we rank number 48. It's a word that we all need to work on and get better. Mike Bro, I like what he says. He says, we're like, we want to be NASCAR parents. In NASCAR, and we have some NASCAR fans over here. In, in, in NASCAR, they can change a tire in 22 seconds. We want to parent in 22 seconds. It just does not work. Parenting is a long road. How many times have you ridden in the car and nobody said anything? Hello? And you talked and they go, you sure are chatty, Dad. Why are you talking so much? Well, the silence is killing me. And it's a beautiful thing when they begin to talk and speak to you and being approachable too intense but they say well, why not approachable you're too intense you're too busy you're, you're too tired approachability is spelled t-i-m-e you know i'm preaching this series and it's not just to preach it's one to live my girls i've tried to date my girls over their life it's a joy and hannah last year we had a great time with her in her senior year we'd go to breakfast a lot of friday mornings or whenever she could and we'd have that it occurred to me that we haven't done that because she's been off at university and then she came home for Christmas and she worked all the time. So she was work, 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 work. And then she had a day off and I wanted to ask her for a date, but I thought, man, that'd be selfish of me. And I knew she wanted to sleep, so I didn't ask her. So finally, it was right at the end of the break and I said, hey, Hannah, how about dad and you? Do we have a date? And she said, dad, I'd love to. So we went and had breakfast and hung out right before she went back to college last week. Man, it was awesome. And we just sat there and we talked and we conversed. And, and I thought, God, how many times does this get away from parents? So parents, here's a real practical tip. Date your children no matter how young or how old they are. And the house of faith said, they need it. I need it. You need it. Uh, I like what Chuck Swindoll, somebody was talking to. His daughter was talking one time to him and says, hey, Dad, 
And she didn't go, hey, Dr. Swindoll. She said, hey, Daddy, I need to talk to you. I, I, I want to tell you something, Dad. It's really important. I want to tell you fast. And Chuck turned to her and says, honey, you, you don't have to tell me fast. You, 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 don't have to, or, you, know, you don't have to tell me really fast. You can say it slowly. And the daughter sat there for a minute. She looked up at her dad and she reflected and she goes, well, then, Dad, if I don't have to tell you fast, listen really slowly. I, yikes. Isn't it hard to listen sometimes? And yet, as Christ followers, we should learn to listen to the voice of the Almighty, to the voice of the Scripture, to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to the voice of our children. In James, there's a passage that I pray all the time about being quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's James 1.19. But I want you to see on the screen from the message here, it says it in a way that you don't just run through it because I've prayed this so many times. God, let me be quick to listen, quick to listen, slow to speak. And yes, Lord, slow to become angry. But listen to what he says here. I, I love this. Post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears. Isn't that a great thing? Write that somewhere in your worship guide. Lead with your ears. You got two of them. Follow up with your tongue. And let anger straggle, strangle along in the rear. Let God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. So throw off spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, I love that, God landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. God landscape us. God frame us as a carpenter builds a house. Make us people of faith that will be framed by the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. I challenge you the first Sunday of the year to read the Bible through this year. Many of you have taken that challenge. I wouldn't ask you to raise your hands because some of you would be convicted. But several of you have already told me you've joined me in the challenge to read through the Bible this year together. And I just encourage you to go to uversion.com and start today, January 11th, and start there. And on January 11th next year, you'll have your year in. Proverbs 22.6, train up a, a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. Let me speak some words to you. Some of you are like, I've heard that verse all my life, Pastor. I don't believe that verse. I rebelled. God gives you free will. He gives me free will. Let me tell you the good news. The Bible says if you raise them up in the ways of Jesus Christ, when they are old, they will not depart from it. There are a lot of kids that are going to come home. We're fasting. We want kids to come home. Amen? But raise them in the admonition of Christ. Train them up in the ways of righteousness. Bring them to church. Bring them in the Word. Put them in Scripture. Pray with them. Encourage them. Build them up. This verse, you know, people are, oh, it's just a cute, trite verse. No, it's God's Word. It works. And third thing is this. Kids need to know they're accepted. Kids just need to know, you know what? I'm accepted unconditionally. I'm just loved because I'm me. And a couple points on this. Our kids are not like us. They're uniquely fashioned and created in the image of God Almighty. And they're never going to be like us. Even though they have traits and personalities and they have some things that will resemble us and we will become like our mothers and fathers and somebody will go, oh no, we will. How many of you would agree with that statement? There's a lot. When you get raised in the home, you just it just becomes a part of who you are. Thanks be to God who can give us victory. Second thing is... Sometimes they don't feel acceptance. And when kids do not feel acceptance, they look for other means to fit in. Other people. Wrong people. Wrong relationships. Gangs. Cults. All kind of stuff that just messes them up. 
And America is filled with people that have not been accepted, so they went looking for the place they were accepted. And I hate to say, sometimes it was not the church of Jesus Christ. And I hate to say it wasn't your home because your home was chaotic. And then the other one is, kids just need to know, hey, they're okay. You love them. I mean, you're not always happy with them. I understand that. I read this from Paul Lewis. This is a practical tip. Write this down. Carry some post-it notes with you. Put them in your calendar. Put it on your laptop. Do something. And just when you think of your child, something they did good, something they did right, something they wore, some character trait, whatever it is, type it in and be sure when that day closes that you let them know, gee, you really look pretty in that. Hey, I like the way you treated that person. I like the way you consider others better than yourself. The list goes on and on. It's endless. But we get, begin to write down these things, and then we may, maybe write them letters or notes. You know, y'all, I'm big. I, I've been writing for years. I like to write. I love to affirm. And I found being a senior pastor, I'm doing less now than I ever have because my schedule is crazier than it's ever been. And so I miss that. I mean, I used to write 30 to 35 notes every single week of my life did it for years and i don't now and i miss that and i write some of you sometimes and then some of you come up and give me a smart comment like i can't read it well i don't write very well i understand i tried to slow down you were on my heart i was thinking about you but write people affirm them i've taught my kids to write they write their dad sometimes hannah wrote me one this week because she couldn't be home for my birthday and she's been initiated in sorority go kyle baby and uh, so, she wrote, so she wrote me this note. I don't have it. Don't worry. I'm not going to read it. And I read it. And Donna, she has this proverbial holy celestial look. She just looks at me. Cindy, it was stinking embarrassing. Tears are just gushing out of my face as I'm reading it. And they just know, Dad, are you going to cry? Dad, are you going to cry? Of course I'm going to cry. I'm a baby, okay? I love y'all. I have this emotion. So I don't apologize for it. I'm glad I'm not frozen. Some of you are frozen chosen. You need to get out of that mess. It's awesome to have these emotions that God made because I love deeply and they love and we share things. Is that not good? I even went to a movie the other day. Don and I, we, we don't go to a lot of movies, but we went to one. We went to Marley and me. Mess me up. I'm not telling you to plot because I want you to see it. I'm sitting up here, this is a, a dog. And I'm looking around. I'm doing a little spiritual research. I'm looking around in the theater. <laughs> That's what we call it. And all the men, they're walking out. <laughs> Napkins, you know. One guy had half one stuck up his nose. I'm like, oh, my goodness, man. Like he had too much butter on it, you know, and it was stuck in his nose. And they're crying because, man, the, an emotion has been evoked. And I think, what about when it comes to relationships? And more so importantly, our kids, are we listening to them? Oh, no, I just cry over dead goldfish. I don't. I flush. Okay, let's go. Here. I can't believe I said that. Here, here, here's the next one. Uh, so we, you know, when, when I think about this thing of being uh, approachable, but I feel about being accepted, I think of uh, one of the people that I learned unconditional love, and she died in 1967. She was my grandmother. Her name was Blank Beatrice Noah. Her name for us was Bebat. Now, I looked at that, I go, what a ridiculous name, Bebat. But I've listened to some of the names you give to you, and they ain't very good either. You'll let your grandkids call you anything. And this woman loved me so much, I could tie her up and put her in a closet and she would go, Keith, let me know when it's time to come out. I mean, she just loved me. 
I still remember she had this little, <coughs> little cough all the time, and she always had these uh, 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 cough drops. And I'd go, be back. <coughs> I'd fake my little cough, and she'd give me one. I mean, this woman get up, cook me for whatever one. I, I just love this woman. But I found something the other day. I found an old Bible, and I was going through it, and it had a lineage of our family and all the deaths and births. And I told Jay, I was looking at it. I had never known this. And I read her name, and her name was Ruby Beatrice Noah. Jay and Michelle named their little girl after my grandmother. I didn't even know it. No, I mean, I didn't know either. But I mean, they're, they're, but you know, some of you are like, man, I have that kind of memory with my grandparents or with your parents. I'm like, you're somebody like, I don't have that kind of affection with my parents, man. Shh. I'm going to stuff some cough drops down their throat. You know, I don't know. I just, I mean, you know, I, I like this story about, no, don't get too excited. I like this story. There, there's this little, there's this guy and uh, he had this uh, lab and, and Chris and Jessica had this lab. Makes me think of it. And this lab come running up and he had a newspaper in his mouth and the, uh, and the neighbor walked up to him and he patted him on the head and gave him a treat. And next morning, here comes the lab running down the street and he comes up to the porch and he's got seven newspapers in his mouth. Now, we'll do the amazing things with animals, but how about our kids? Our kids need to be celebrated. Our kids need to be affirmed because they're awesome and they're made in the image of the Lord God Almighty. That's why I'm so stinking pro-life, because life matters to Jesus. And it ought to matter to us. You say, well, you got kind of excited about that. Well, yeah. Like a kid. Have you ever noticed how a kid watches you when you get their report card? If they have good report cards, it's easy. When they have bad ones, they're like, Dad's fixing to go ballistic. Watch this. I'm fixing to get grounded for life. He's fixing to put me somewhere in Jesus. I hope they can find me. Okay. But you know what? Some of you feel like you'll never be good enough. You'll never be good enough for your parents. But you're good enough for Jesus. Because Jesus accepts broken people. Aren't you glad I am? Accepting me. Sin and all. And he accepts you just like you are, but he won't leave you there because he loves you much too much. So we've got to move on. Behavior here. It might not be acceptable, but we need to build an atmosphere and make it approachable. And then there's this home that kids know that they're accepted and they're heard and they're listened to and they're loved and they're cherished. And when they grow old, they become your friends. Sparky Anderson, the great general manager for the uh, Cincinnati Reds, loved Sparky Anderson and Pete Rose. That's where he's a criminal. And, uh, and uh, Johnny Bench and all them. He said this. Sparky says, y'all may beat us on the road, but we'll get you at home. He knew there was something about home field advantage. Romans 8.38, listen to the word of the Lord. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. And all God's people said, Amen. I can't, you can't mess up enough, be separated from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Just go ahead. But our kids, well, they can separate pretty quick, can't they? God's trying to draw us. Are there any perfect parents here today? No. But I'll tell you what I wish we would become. Perfect professional forgivers. That we can begin to forgive them how they sin. Lucy, in a cartoon one day, she's out there with Charlie Brown, and she's going, I got it, I got it, I got it. And the ball, plop. And then she makes this comment. Well, I've been wrong a lot lately. <laughs> Isn't that the way parenting is? Hey, I've been, I've been wrong. But thanks be to God, His grace can cover us. And Philippians 3.13 says, Brothers, I do not yet consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, 
forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. 2009 is now, and it can be so much more in the power of Christ. Well, this morning, we're going to receive some members in just a minute, but I want you to do something. I want them to pull the lights down if they will. I want you to get still, and I want you to let this be life change time. Right now, I believe God wants to change some lives right now. Bow your heads and be still. And a couple points I just want to make. The first one is about atmosphere. Lord, I ask that you would reveal one thing that I, that we could change to make a better, healthy atmosphere in our home. Father, what is that one thing that you want to bring change that would bring wholesome and joy and peace and security to my house? Secondly, on approachability. Father, would you reveal one thing to me that keeps my kids from approaching me and they're scared of me? God, change that in me right now, Holy Spirit. The third thing, accepting. Father, as you accept me unconditionally, Would you teach me to accept my child or children the same way with your love? Father, make this more than a closing experience to do. Make it a Holy Spirit life change moment. I thank you in advance right now, Father, for what you're doing right now in the hearts of men and women and singles and boys and girls and couples and grandparents and parents. God, bring everlasting change. And right now, with heads bowed, over at the cross, there's somebody to pray with you. Maybe you've blown this parenting thing. Maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, and you want to make it right with Him. You want to give your heart to the King. You want to begin 2009 knowing you're saved. Would you just get out of your chair quietly? The lights are down. Nobody's watching. Slide over to the cross, to my left side, to the right side. As you look at the platform, the right side, there's a man. There's men that will meet you there. They will pray for you. Get up and go quickly. Get it right. This parenting's too hard to do it on your own. Deal with the spiritual stuff, the issues, the baggage. God, bring change. Let's just give it a holy moment. I trust you now, Father. You're doing something mighty. Lord, we're believing you for life change. Draw us. Give us the courage to say yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. As the lights come back up, I'm going to invite all the people that have signed a covenant that just went through membership class. It was a huge